0: Happy Monday. How's it going?
1: It's going well. Welcome, Colleen. Thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy Monday.
0: Yeah, happy, happy indeed. How's everybody's weekend? (laughs) What did you all do?
1: I visited a few sites in Budapest, so I'm in Budapest, Hungary right now, waiting for a conference on Thursday and Friday. So I'm giving a talk on Friday at CrunchConf. Really excited about that. So for me, this is the uh, Monday evening data chat fantastic view out of the danube yeah how about you joe
0: um it was good what did i do this weekend i went to denver and um spent a lot of time with bill oh, inman right. so that was a lot of fun uh um yeah we oh every time i hang out with him it's just fun we chat for hours and so we uh he walked me through the entire history of the uh technology and uh, data world um, and so that was really fascinating i should record a podcast so we can be dropping that uh, at some point but yeah, definitely honored to have somebody like him, you know, um as a, as a very close friend and and it's cute. He calls me his little brother now, so I think it's a. Uh, I <laughs> <it's, it's>, uh,
1: <laughs> I can see Bill saying that.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, I love that guy. So he's uh they don't make him like that anymore, I'll tell you that. Um how, how was your weekend, Colleen? What did you end up doing?
2: It was good. Uh let's see. Saturday I I went into Salt Lake, uh, met up with some friends, uh listened to some live music, so that nice. was fun. And then Sunday, uh, just kind of prepping for the week, uh, went to the driving range. I'm getting into golf a little bit or trying to, um, which is, uh, it's fun. can be also frustrating at times, but, um, uh, thank God for YouTube, uh, though. I was like, you know, I do a few reps and then I'm like looking up like how to swing golf club properly. (laughs) So, and then going back. So. Yeah, but no, it's the, it's a good time. Do you do
0: that while you're on the driving range, Are you like like checking your form on on uh, against YouTube videos, or how do you?
2: So, <laughs> so this time I wasn't filming myself, uh, but I literally. So I, because uh, I'm like I'm such a newbie, so I'm still learning. You know, like the differences between clubs and how far you should be able to hit with each one. And so I was I was. Uh, using a seven iron and i was literally on youtube being like because i felt like i just wasn't doing it right mm. and i was like i don't know how to coach myself so it was nice like youtube has those youtube shorts and i was just like oh okay i'll you know and just pick up one cue from that i was like oh this works so still still lots of progress <laughs> to be made for sure but uh but it's fun
0: that's fun it's cool you uh Still trying out new sports and, and stuff too. So we'll, we'll get into your your uh, past in a second, which is I think very fascinating. But uh, for people who don't know who you are, do you want to give a quick intro?
2: Yeah. So I'm Colleen Foch. I just moved to Utah a few months ago. Um, I'm a data analyst at Podium, and before that, I was a competitive athlete for many years. I Swam at UC Berkeley, um, won a few national championships, and then went on to do CrossFit. Competed in the CrossFit Games a few times, and then got into bobsledding of all things uh, for about a year. Most <laughs> random sport. <laughs> yeah, and then took a hard right into data analytics, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now I'm here.
1: <laughs> nice. I, I have to ask, like, what attracted you to bobsledding, and how was that experience for a year and a half before you made the jump to data analytics?
2: yeah so i prior to getting into bobsledding i think my exposure to bobsledding was you know i would watch it when the olympics were on and then cool runnings which uh, course, I love, cool running. love yeah. that movie <laughs> um, and uh one of the pilots um kaylee humphries who multiple gold medals amazing athlete she reached out um, and recruited me and was like, hey, have you ever thought about getting into bobsledding? I was like, can't say I have. only <laughs> well, because I had no idea how people got into the sport. Um, and, and it's usually through recruiting or bobsledding also hosts um, a combine essentially, which you can do um, either at the Olympic Training Center or they have other spots around. But so yeah, she was like, hey, there's a spot opening up at uh in lake placid where the olympic training center is at do you want to come out and give it a shot and i was like you know i i got to at least try it um this is kind of a once in a lifetime kind of thing and so ended up um making the national team and uh the goal was the olympics but ended up tearing my acl before that season qualification process started which was a bummer Um, but honestly looking back kind of a blessing in disguise and at the time I was In school for data analytics. So the plan was always to go that way afterwards It just ended up happening a little bit sooner than I was planning on it. Um, but it was a wild experience I mean, there is absolutely I remember getting into the sport and before we actually started sliding asking people you know, what does it feel like? It's gotta feel like something else that I've done. Like, is it like a roller coaster? Is it, they're like, it's nothing like anything you've experienced and they're a hundred percent accurate. It is nothing, actually I did hear someone say that it could potentially feel similar to if someone put you in a metal trash can and then threw you down a hill. Um, so <laughs> that, uh, that uh, that's kind of similar, I would say. Yeah. Um, but you're not going like upside down or anything. But uh but yeah, it was a wild experience. Um and so I had come out to Utah a few times because there's a track in Park City. Um, so it's cool to be to be back here in Utah.
0: Well it's good to have you back. Yeah, I think we met at the DBT meetup in Salt Lake City. I yeah. Like, what is she doing here? Because I remember you from the CrossFit uh games <laughs> and regionals, um, and you were an absolute like killer. You know, oh, I mean, I you. I knew who you were, and and I was like, then you come over for an autograph for my book, and I was like, I, I think I wrote, like, um, like you should. I should be getting your autograph instead. So <laughs> I think I was more starstruck seeing you at, at a meetup of all places. Like, what is she doing here? This is like the weirdest thing we've ever seen. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's just funny how uh, worlds collide. Actually, uh, Mark oh, Shepard had sure. maybe a half-serious, half-joking uh, question, but is it possible for me to work from data back to bobsledding? I feel like I missed a window in age and fitness level. <laughs> 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 <How> did, just... <laughs> When when they, uh, when they picked you, um, was it, was it? big, I mean, just maybe for a, maybe a minute spend about how do they, how do they choose athletes? Cause it's not like you're training from the age of a young, a young age to be a bobsledder. Um,
2: just... no, very, very few. They do have, you know, a, some junior teams and stuff, but yeah, like to your point, there's no, you know, when you're eight to 10 years old, there's no club bobsled team, like in Arizona and California and stuff like that. So it's horribly um, dangerous. Yeah it's yeah it's it's pretty wild um especially i mean i think like i tell people you got to be like a little bit crazy to do any of it but i look at you know like skeleton and luge and i'm like that is i that would be insane but um but i would say as far as recruiting for bobsledding so i would say primary sports that the females come from are track volleyball softball so very like high power athletes um and then for the males football rugby track um and track tends to be a big one because they're looking the two main things are power and speed so for me coming from crossfit um that was the thing that kaylee when she recruited me like i that was my strength. Like strength was my strength in CrossFit. I liked lifting. I, you know, high power output kind of stuff. The stuff that I needed to work on in CrossFit was the longer endurance stuff. And, and I definitely had a base there coming from a swimming background, but um, but you know, swimming endurance and running endurance are quite different things. (laughs) So, um, but uh, but that was definitely a humbling experience going into bobsledding and learning sprinting mechanics. Because I, I mean, I loved lifting. I was like, "Let's do it. Let's just lift all the time." And they're like, "Hey, oh, for you anyone who wants to, to, if anyone
0: wants to see what what she's talking about, just go check her out on online and Instagram or YouTube." She's <laughs> <a>
2: beast. <laughs> oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. But yeah, no. Learning how to uh, run properly is was very very humbling um, because in CrossFit my running workouts were primarily focused around, you know, 5k distances and stuff like that. And being able to run, you know, 400 meters at a time and then go do, you know, 15 power snatches or something like that. So very, very different than sprinting for, you know, 20, 30 meters. Um, So, so that was really interesting. So I would say, yeah, as far as recruiting for bobsledding, definitely um, power and speed are the main, main things.
0: So there you go, Mark. If you wanted to join the bobsled team, just get really uh, powerful and yeah. very <laughs> fast. Uh, Sirab <laughs> yeah. asked, and we'll get we'll get into the questions and or the uh, the topic in a bit. But uh, he, uh, Sarab asked, are you into HIT? Uh, that's high intensity interval training for people who don't know what that is.
2: Yeah, I would say so. My training right now has some CrossFit elements, but definitely at a lower volume. The intensity is a little bit lower because my my goals are now a lot different than when I was competing full-time. I definitely don't suffer as much, I would say, in one of my workouts, Um, just because I can't, I don't need to push myself to that level anymore. And I, for my workouts now, I want them to give me energy and to kind of prep me for my day and my week. And if I go ham in a workout, I'm just going to be a pile of mush for work. And that's not, helpful for anyone. So So you're not, you're not
0: trying to do like Fran before work.
2: (laughs) Oh no, no, no. For people who don't know what that is, what's,
0: what's Fran for the, uh, the yeah.
2: So Fran is 21, of pull-ups, skipping pull-ups and thrusters, which a thruster is just uh, with a barbell, a squat, two overhead. So you go uh, 21 pull-ups, 21 thrusters, 15 pull-ups, 15 thrusters, nine, nine. And it's, it's painful. I mean, if you're within like the CrossFit space, like Fran lung is a thing where you're going so hard that you have like you're coughing and whatnot afterwards. i <laughs> so it like, <laughs>
0: I couldn't speak for like two hours after it sucked. Yeah, I mean, it's, probably good for everyone else, but like it was. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> no. you just can't breathe.
2: It's yeah, but no. As far as uh, like high inner uh, the hit training and stuff, I definitely have elements of that in my training. I mean, Joe, you've seen it in the programming like I've given to you where it's, you know, work to rest and stuff like that. And I think that's a really good way to still get some intensity in your workouts, um, but still regulate it in a good way and have that actor of recovery built in there. So, yeah. yeah.
0: I guess on the notion of longevity and, and health and wellness, which we are talking about, I guess, you know, so you switch from being, you know, a super high performing, athlete, a competitive athlete to being a data analyst and working in tech. That's not the, uh, uh, most traditional route most people take to get into this industry, but <laughs> here we are. Um, yeah. but as, as I mentioned in the show notes, tech is, I think it's a notoriously a meat grinder. I think Matt can attest to this. It, it's just, it takes you in, it spits you out and, um, you know, it often involves long hours and, uh, you know, and I would say the lifestyle of a lot of techies I know too, and I'm lumping data people into this, but it's, um, Work-life balance is supposedly a thing. Um, it's it's often uh, maybe um, a mirage. And then, uh, you know, I, I would say it's just, it's, I think everyone I've talked to, they want to work out, they want to do things that are good for their health, but often they're sitting at a desk all day. And after that, maybe depending on the cities you're in, you're getting drinks with your friends or or depending on the city, maybe other indulgences as well. Uh, so, um, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's an industry where I think that, that the motivation is there for, for health and wellness, but it's, it's elusive, it seems like. So.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely different. And like you and I have talked about, um, it was definitely a big shift for me going from competing for so long and my, you know, every choice I was making around sleep, nutrition, recovery, um, all of that stuff was for this goal of, you know, going to the Olympics or going to the CrossFit Games. And when I shifted into, okay, this is no longer serving that purpose. And I need to find, have a different mindset and purpose for, you know, why do I go to the gym? Why do I want to eat the way I want to, do, you know, to, and, and also like you brought up the social aspect, like you know, when I was competing full time, I kind of just didn't really have a social life. So it was kind of easy to, I wasn't in those, you know, scenarios of like, okay, I'm out with my friends, they're getting drinks, like, can I have a drink? Is that okay? You know what I mean? And kind of navigating that stuff or, or, you know, traveling more and being out to eat more and, and kind of figuring out how to not have a, like, always lost mentality. Because I think that's a thing too. Um, is that it can be hard to feel like, well, there's just no good options. So who cares? Let's get everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and I think that's a slippery slope. And so, um, but yeah, so for me, it's definitely been interesting to kind of rewire, reprogram all of that to, okay, now my goals are about, I want to feel good. I want to look good. I want to move well. And I want to feel all of those things, not just now, but in 20, 30, 40 years. And I think, um, that's my biggest why right now. And to be able to use like your fitness to go do other stuff. Like for me, for example, like I, I didn't, which sounds so silly. I didn't really realize until semi-recently, like when I was competing in sport, I didn't really have hobbies. Like the gym was mm-hmm. my, my work and my hobby. And like, there was no time for other things. So like now I'm actually getting into hobbies and realizing that my fitness that I'm still doing, it allows me to go do these fun things that I want to do outside of the gym. Um, and yeah, I think um, it's tough. Cause I think in this space of, you know, data in tech, it. And I'd like to think that we're kind of past that point of like, oh, it's cool to, you know, be telling your friends like, oh, like I didn't sleep for five days. And like, you know, I'm just destroying myself and like, look at all I've done, though. It's like, that's not cool. Like, that's not, I mean yeah, it's like, oh, you did this thing, but now you're like cutting 10 years off your life. (laughs) And it's like, and you feel miserable doing it. And so, but I think that's the thing is like, it's, it's not the, I think that's the tough part is that it's, it's really the basics that like people need to start with. And it's not the sexy things. It's the you know, getting enough sleep. It's the going on a short walk in the middle of the day. It's the, you know, 80% of the time eating good quality food, uh, drinking water, like these are, and most of these things cost zero money. Like, it's not like it's an expensive lift or anything like that, but I think it's the, um, it's the realizing and deciding that it's important enough to you to make those decisions. And I think a lot of that comes from like asking yourself, why do I want to be doing this? You know, is it, Mm. okay, I want to feel better. Well, why do you want to feel better? Well, I want to be able to play with my kids and my grandkids. Okay, like, and I think it's like, kind of figuring out like, why is this important? Because I think while this stuff is so simple, it's not that it's easy per se, right? It's not always easy to make those choices. But I think where I see um, and Matt, you brought this up is that I think a lot of people wait for the motivation to be the trigger or the catalyst to get them like out of the bed in the morning to the gym, to, you know, to choose the better quality meal or. um, And I think a lot of times like motivation is so fleeting. Like you just have to, a lot of times motivation is the result of you making the choices that are aligned with these goals you have of feeling good and living a healthier, better life. I think if we all, I mean, I know if I relied on motivation like every day, I don't know, it'd be like flip of a coin whether or not like I'm going to make it to the gym or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think So I think that's the biggest thing is uh, just starting with those basic things because it doesn't have to be overly complicated. Like you don't have to be, it's like a magic, you know, combination of the right supplements and, you know, the right um, combination of wearables and like all the stuff. It's like, it can start out really, really simple. And I think it's just building up the momentum and that causes, you know, you to make better choices. And, and that's the thing, I think once you start, whether it's, um, and not that you have to start with all of them, I think like, for me, what I like to tell my clients is like, let's start with something that you know, you can do that, you know, you can be consistent with, it's better to tackle one thing for a few weeks, than try to do five things. And then you're like, and then you're just bummed, because you're like, well, I didn't, I didn't do that. And now you feel like you failed. It's like, well, let's just get an easy win here and like, let's build on that. So yeah, I think it's just about figuring out where to start and then just starting, like whether it's the tiniest step in the world, like who cares? It doesn't have to be this big grand gesture. Like big things are made up of, as corny as that sounds, like big things are made up of really, really tiny things. And that's all you got to do. Like it's the little, little things that can move the needle.
1: And especially when the baseline of people working themselves half to death in tech is so bad, just like you said, Colleen, adding some of these small things like drinking water, choosing some good things to eat, adding greens to your diet, going on walks, starting mm-hmm. there, really gets gives you a lot of mileage, and then you can build on top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well,
0: I mean, absolutely. for example, right? I mean, hydration was a thing, right? This is all like sort of covered in chalk now because I take it to the climbing gym, but it's like nice. drink three of these of water every day, right? Pretty easy, right? right? you know, and I mean, so, so for the audience, Colleen, uh, we work together a lot. She's, uh, my coach, we're not just fitness. It's like everything else in my life. Cause I realized like my sleep and everything else, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, you know, been an athlete myself, um, you know, in my life. And it felt like once you, I don't know, it's weird. Cause once you're an athlete, you always feel like you need to chase kind of that, that feeling, you know, kind of like uncle Rico and the, Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite. Um, so, you know, you're just, but it, but it's one of those things where I feel like you know you you also learn successful habits that translate over into other things, you know, and mm-hmm. and so, um, but at the same time, I think it's easy to focus on uh, that that end goal and miss all the the basics, like you were saying, like just staying mm-hmm. hydrated during the day. I I don't drink enough water, right? Like it's yeah, you know, um, and so that's uh, that's been. Awesome. It, it's it's a you know a very tangible difference there. And then sleep's like the one thing where I'm absolutely terrible at it. I mean I try, but it's you know, I look at your Instagram stories and like you just have this angelic sleep, you have your radio scores <laughs> in the nineties and I'm like wow, must be uh must be nice. I'm mad I'm pretty sure you you sleep, you sleep pretty well though. I think you're
1: uh these days, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. made a lot of adjustments to to make that happen. I think I was sleeping worse when we were like at the peak of running our business with a lot of employees and writing a book together. That was that just was stressful.
0: Not, oh, yeah, oh I'm I'm sure, get, yeah. <laughs> Right. But you no, know, you and I are traveling a lot, Matt. And it's like, you know, you're in yeah, Hungary yeah. right now and have an adjusted jet lag actually twice um, in a week, I think. Actually, you're in Paris last or London last week. Um, yeah. Week and my strategy,
1: yeah. I had to come back to New York. So my strategy was to basically stay on European time. When I was in the yeah. US <laughs> Is it working? uh mostly i mean i'm a little bit disrupted but i'm mostly normal it's mm-hmm. funny too when you travel a lot ideally you get used to sleeping on planes and other things that are good for your health so. well i got the You're whole probably- strategy
0: behind that too so just <laughs> you know so my my routine is depending on the, the way i go and colleen's gonna kill me for this but i usually take a, a really hardcore <laughs> sleeping pill um i have uh loop earplugs and then a, uh, an eye mask and uh I don't take meals on planes. Typically I just zonk out because a lot of the meals on planes too, they're high in sodium. So you just feel like you're just sitting mm-hmm. there and you're just getting bloated
1: the whole time. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> it sucks. <Yeah.
2: laughs> I take all
1: the water that they'll offer on planes. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I'm awake. Oh if I'm yeah. Awake. Yeah. Awake. Yeah. Yeah. All the drinks too. <laughs> I'm at, uh, so. <laughs> right. Not <Just> so. <laughs> I sleep eat like whiskies.
0: I did that <laughs> once. I did that once coming back from, uh, Spain. Uh, this was back many years ago and that was, um, that was nice, but uh, anyway, different story. I was, <laughs> yeah. a, lot I was a lot younger than I was still in college. Um, <laughs>
1: Colleen's so, gonna kill you after this,
0: Or at least. Give me no, me a yeah, that's yeah, fine. Just no, that's notes. that's. <laughs> she's like, oh, take notes. Don't do that. Uh, no, that was a long time ago. But it is one of those things. If this feel like the basics, because you know, I mean, I started working with you just because I wanted to. You know, I, I realized if I didn't get diet, um, you know, sleep, and all this stuff in place, it didn't. It wouldn't matter what gym I go to. It wouldn't matter. Right. You know the, you know if I could hire the best CrossFit coach on the planet you're probably one of them. Right. But it still wouldn't matter at the end of the day. Cause I, I bring mm-hmm. a really crappy of myself, you know, a version of myself to the gym and same with work. Right. And same with everything else. Like you, yeah. you, there's all, you know, you get the fundamentals dialed. It's amazing what happens, but you know, I just, I just see a lot of people, especially in our industry that are just running on fumes, like, and I don't know how else to put it, but it just feels like they're not bringing the best selves that they could. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of it is just, uh, It's lifestyle adjustments as far as I can tell. Again, I'm not judging anybody. It's just, it is what it is. But people just look haggard. They're always, you know, on a razor's edge of being, you know, bad tempers and everything else. And then, um, like I said, depending on the city you go to, too, then you're going out and drinking every night, too. I mean, I know a lot of people Mm -hmm. that do this still. And it's, that's just a lifestyle, right? Finance is the same way, though. In New York City, I mean oh, it's yeah. like, you know you're you're basically garbage unless you can you know I mean I know hedge funds are the you know, your first day there it's like they're gonna get drunk with the people and they're gonna <laughs> that, that's part of the interview
1: It's a good thing I'm not in finance, this is why I couldn't make it in finance yeah yeah
2: Same. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Matt yeah. what
2: were uh Matt you said you made some adjustments to your sleep that really helped what were some of those adjustments you made?
1: Uh, I mean, I think a lot of it was just prioritizing it, honestly, Mm -hmm. Uh, with all the book deadlines and things, stuff got pretty crazy, but just trying to prioritize, like, this is time for sleep, this is time for winding down, making sure you have enough allocated time for sleep, and so you're not, you know, staying up past midnight and then getting up at five in the morning to do work. You do that once in a while, but if you're doing that very frequently, then obviously it's going to take its toll. And then just the basic stuff, like trying to make sure that on days when you have a lot of deadlines, you're not ignoring your basic routines, like going on walks or running mm. or whatever it is you normally do, right? So yeah. Especially if it's a routine and you drop it, your sleep is that much worse because your body's like, wait, what's going on? Like you just worked, you sat in a chair all day. What, what's happening
2: here? Yeah. No, that's such a good point. I mean, our bodies like consistency and routine. And I think that's such a good point, because, you know, we talk about the initial lift of, you know, making these things a priority. And of course, like the initial getting started is usually the hardest part, right? And not that it gets, you know, you don't I mean, I wish I could tell you like, oh, the 80th time you make this choice, all of a sudden it's gonna be easier and you'll never have to struggle again. I mean, it's not the case, but the more times you make the choice to do it, the easier it gets because your body kind of goes on autopilot a little bit and it becomes a part of your life and your lifestyle. And it's and it's less of a, oh, I wanna be a person that does this. It's like, no, I am a person that does this and I prioritize this because this is good for me. and like, to your point, for me, I um, I noticed when I, because I moved out to Utah, I wanted to be in office. So I'm working in office and I, and I love it. And I noticed that I was um, eating lunch kind of while I was working. And then after I'm done with lunch, I go right back into working and was realizing that, you know, I sit by windows, which is great. I have a great view of the mountains, which I love, but I was realizing I wasn't getting outside for like Seven, eight hours of the day. And I was like, I mean, there's light in here, but the fluorescent light isn't quite the same as (laughs) the actual sun outside. And that's an important thing for your body, like getting sun exposure and getting outside. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go for like an hour long walk, just, you know, 10, 15 minutes is great. And so that was something I implemented was that when I'm eating, like I shut my computer, like it's fine for me to step away for 20 minutes, like you know, if I have to, you know, answer something I will like right before. And then right when I'm done, like I go outside and I walk for 10 minutes. And I just have that on repeat. And like you said, it's, it's amazing on the days where I'm like, Oh, no, I have to, you know, get to this thing. It's like my body gets thrown off a little bit. And I'm like, I don't like this. <laughs> and, um, and like you said, I think it's important to note that the stuff you do throughout the day can improve your sleep as well. So like the eating better, the moving daily, all of that stuff can help with your sleep as well. And then your sleep helps with the rest of your day and it all it all builds off each other.
1: Yeah. And I know something else you've alluded to already, Colleen, and, and I know this is a very big thing in pro sports training is, I'll, I'll call it sustainability. And so not environmental sustainability, but like being able to keep competing through the entire season. So if you're in football Mm -hmm. or basketball, being able to compete through the last, the end of the tournament, if you're lucky enough to make it that far. And so if you kill yourself early on, then you're not going to maximize your performance. On the other hand, if you're really lazy early on, you won't be very successful in your sport. And I, I think it's useful to maybe apply a similar mentality to our jobs and to our lives. Like we hopefully have the jobs we do because we enjoy them. And we do some of the things we do with family, with friends, because we enjoy those things. And so making these investments ideally makes that sustainable. So we're not killing ourselves off in two or three years Mm -hmm. in tech industry, which I think, I really think three years of the really awful tech lifestyle can get to you pretty fast.
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, you, you like sleep deprive yourself for a few days and just you're going to be falling apart. (laughs) I mean, Joe, like you said, you're going to be on edge. You're definitely not functioning, you know, at an optimal level. Um, And I mean, that's the thing. It's all about sustainability. And uh, you brought up work-life balance. And I think sometimes work-life balance can have like almost a negative connotation. Like I remember you know, people trying to tell me in sports, like, oh, you have to have balance. And I was like, yeah, but I want to be great. I don't need balance. Yeah. <laughs> and so and I think sometimes even I know in the workspace sometimes I I don't know, I get like a like I understand the intent of it and I like the intent. And something my brother and I were talking about the other day was I, I kind of like the term pace a little better. Is that You know, like Matt, to your point, if I know I'm going to go run an ultra marathon, I better be really smart about the pace that I'm setting for myself early on. Otherwise, I'm not going to finish. I'm not going to even get remotely close to uh, to the finish line. And so I think, you know, and that's something that I learned, like transitioning into the data space was that, you know, like, I'm in this for the long haul, and I can't treat it like I'm only here for like, I'm here for a good time. And I want to be here for a long time, not, not just for a short good time. And Mm so I think it's really important to, um, to set a pace for yourself and know that, like, of course, there are certain deadlines and days where like, you're putting in a lot of extra hours, that's fine. But as long as the majority of your days are, have that more balance, better pacing to it. Um, That's what's going to allow you to do good work, not just now, but long-term. And I think that's the thing is like, I mean, it's kind of like a bank account to a certain extent, like you gotta keep putting into the savings account, like, or even a car, like it's gotta run on something. And like, you don't want to get, you know, 10 years down the road and all of a sudden, like you're trying to cash checks that you're, or, you know, your body can't cash anymore. Cause it's like, no, like we gave it all up. And I think that's the thing is like, I think we're in, I don't know, myself included. It's, it's hard to, cause we want like the, now we want the instant gratification. We don't care because we're not, you know, we're not you know, 60, 70 years old yet. So like, who cares? I'll worry about it when I get there. But like, you want to get there (laughs) and like, you don't want to get there and not be living, you know, a fulfilling life. And I think it's like you said, it's not that like, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, you have to be less of what you are now. It's like, no, if you implement these small things, you actually get to be more of what you are now and for longer and so i think it's again it's it's about starting starting small
0: it is we've got some comments here mark keeling says golf is the uh, most sustainable sport ever um yeah probably is i also put esports um if you really want to <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I don't
1: know, eSports, some of those guys in eSports just kill themselves and gals. Uh, it, it is pretty hard actually. going you know 24 hours, 48
2: hours. That's true. That's I don't true. know if their sleep yeah, is yeah, very good. Yeah no. they have very fast reaction times though yeah, <laughs> yeah
0: that is um, that is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam, Sorka, what's up man? He, he asks, uh, would you rather have a 145 friend time or a data model that actually reflected the state of the business needs? Oh,
2: 1,000 percent the data model.
0: What was your friend time <laughs> What was your best friend time out of curiosity?
2: Oh, um, I think just under two minutes. I want to say, ish, Please. or around two minutes. I think. I, you know, it's funny. I don't know if I ever did, or I definitely have, but I feel like I did so many variations of Fran. I rarely did just Fran. You know, mm. like chest of bar Fran or heavy Fran or double Fran, and it was always like. Ew. So Gross. yeah, but I I can't say I'm ever gonna be doing Fran ever again.
0: <laughs> it's like my favorite workout. Unless, i think, in all the CrossFit workouts. Really? Yeah, that was my favorite. Oh,
2: mine is uh mine would definitely be Grace. It's uh thirty Ugh. clean and jerks for time. Well, it's a great that one's one. hard.
0: That one's uh, it's yeah. shockingly hard. It sounds really easy on paper because it's like, what's the big? It, deal? Does, it does sound easy on paper. <laughs> but The men's weight, I think, is what? 135, the RX. Yeah. And what's it for women?
2: 95 pounds.
0: That's it. That's all you have to do. Oh,
2: oh. Yeah. Okay. okay 30 that's... times. I'm sure it's horrible. <laughs> all
0: right. All it right. sucks. <laughs> well, I mean, you get past, I think, rep 15 or something, and it's like, this is turning into a job.
2: Yeah. It's basically you just try and go fast enough where uh, so your body can't really figure out what's going on. <laughs> and then by mm-hmm. the time it does, you're almost done. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can't remember what I did or did. I think it was three thirty or something. Was my best, but that helped. That oh, hurt. nice. Yeah, yeah. I used to do a lot of CrossFit, but then um, I, I don't know. I just couldn't. It got to be a bit too much. I feel like you know. And it's actually at, at UTE. They're actually trying to um, convince me to join the competitive uh, team. Way back, uh, this must have been a long time. Ago. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't commit the time to this. Like, I see what you guys do, and it's like you're in it's- the gym all the time
2: all the time (laughs) like yeah
0: it's it's just you'd have to dedicate it like I had a job it's like this isn't I don't know how it's gonna work so
2: yeah especially now it's it's so competitive and even teams now you have to dedicate so so much time Mm -hmm. to it so it's it's essentially a job it is well you got
0: all these freakish mutant kids coming into it now I mean they've been training crossfit since like the age of you know, since they're preteens, basically, and these kids are crushing. So
2: it's, insane. I, I don't even know
0: how you compete against them at this point. It's just, it's just, that's like every sport, though. I think once it reaches critical mass, it's like, every sport just attracts the younger kids because their parents are just pushing them into it. And then it's climbing. I'm seeing the same thing in climbing right now. You know, it's uh, it's a sport I've been doing probably the longest, like almost 30 years or something, but it's like the, um, the kids coming into it now are just ridiculous. And back when I started, it was like, you know, the whole, the old thing was like, well, like kids can't climb because they're, they're not uh, developed enough. I mean, it was just this old Mm. trope and I'm like, wait and see. Interesting. (laughs)
2: So (laughs) I, I was a
0: kid at the time too, but it's, it's interesting. And, um, but anyway, uh, let's see here. I guess what, you know, let's, let's let's talk to the basics though. Right. So I mean, actual advice for people, if, if they're, um, you know, you work in tech, we work Mm -hmm. in tech, um, you kind of know the know the drill in terms of the lifestyles and stuff. And, you know, what would, what would you recommend are some easy wins for people?
2: Yeah. So easy win for sure is moving daily. So not that I'm not saying, Hey, you gotta be in the gym every day of the week. You know what I mean? But I would say getting out and moving. I know for me, having a step goal is helpful. So like if you have a watch that tracks your steps, I, for me, I just seeing numbers <laughs> helps me. Um, I think that's just because like, uh, Joe, to your point, like I like having those goals. And just I mean, metrics and that's how you that got I'm into reaching. analytics
0: though. I think you got into analytics. So you're nerding out on fitness data, were Right. You? <laughs> right. So. Interesting. Yes. Interesting.
2: Yeah. So like I've, and I joke, you know, about like, there's no magic combination of wearables, but I do enjoy my, my wearables. Um, Like, for example, for me, sleep was a really tough thing. Like even when I was competing for whatever reason, it was by far the thing that I struggled with the most. I would do any workout I was told to do. I would, eat exactly what I was supposed to eat. I would, you know, do all the recovery work and whatnot, but for whatever reason I was like, sleeping was tough. And it was all, it, it was the winding down piece, like not sitting on my phone and, um, you know, being consistent about when I was going to bed and getting enough hours before midnight, you know, in bed and waking up at the same time and all that stuff. And for me, um, I have an aura ring, which I wear to sleep. And then every morning I look at, it gives me a readiness score and um, a score for my sleep. It also tells me, you know, hours of REM, deep sleep, light sleep, all that stuff. But for me, it was helpful to, I mean, one, figure out where I'm at. Because I think, I mean, in data, like you got to be able to, if we want some sort of baseline, we got to figure out how to track it first. So for me, it was helpful to see, okay, where am I at? Like, where can I improve? And that was really helpful. And then being able to, because I know that I'm going to see these numbers every morning, that was motivation for me to be like, well, I don't want to watch, you know, see all these things in red. like that's that's not fun. And so I think, and it's it's also objective. Like it's not someone telling me like, hey, you know, you need to sleep you should get some sleep. I'm like I know I need to sleep and I know it's good for me, but for some reason I don't want to. Well, <laughs> and so I think <laughs> Sorry. I think when, when you
0: said when you were competing too, like you you actually the readiness score probably would have thrown you off psychologically.
2: Yeah, I mean when I was competing I wasn't a huge fan of um, you know, like whoop or ring all that stuff because for me, I I did, well, I would use some of it occasionally, but it, around big events, I would just not wear it because if I'm going into a competition and all of a sudden my thing's like, hey, you know, you should probably take it easy today. I'd be like, like <laughs> uh, no, I cannot. Right. And that's the thing too, like, I don't need that in my head being like, oh, you know, my ring says like, I'm not at an optimal performance level today. Oh no. like it's just that's not helpful for at least for me psychologically i was like i can't deal with that yeah. um but i think for me you know now like if my aura ring i mean it's and that's a thing too i think it's good to be able to connect the okay my numbers are saying you know i haven't been getting the best um uh haven't been doing the best with my sleep and now i can kind of feel it like i can feel it um it's showing up in the gym it's showing up in you know how much effort and Uh, focus I'm able to put into my work and I think that's the thing too like it's a good check-in of okay like there's been three nights where yeah like my ring is telling me like hey like you're still like under seven hours or whatever it is and it's like okay like time to like dial it in a bit and I think it's not about perfection like it's just about consistency and progress and so I know for me having the numbers whether it's the steps or um the tracking the sleep, I think that's been super helpful for me. And again, none of this stuff will do the work for you. I think that's the thing where people kind of make fun of it all of like, Oh, I need to track my numbers and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, no, it's it's gonna measure it. But like, None of it, like my watch isn't going to go do my workout for me in the gym. Like that'd be really cool if it did, but like, it's not going to, and it's not like by wearing this magic ring, I get extra sleeping powers, but it helps me to be honest with myself and hold myself accountable because I know that that's important to me. And it's important to me because I want to perform my best in my work. And I also want to show up well, For things outside of my work, like I want to be able to have energy to go skiing this winter, and I want to, when I'm spending time with my family, I don't want to be exhausted and grumpy, and you know all this stuff. Like that's so. I think, um, yeah, I would say as far as places to start, um, just walking daily um, and getting more sleep. I think, especially Matt, you talked about the wind down process. I Um, a few things that help have helped me is one limiting light exposure at the end of the day, not just on your phone, but like, if you can dim, it sounds kind of silly, but if you can start to reduce the lighting in your house or apartment or whatever, towards the end of the day, that helps a lot because that's also allowing your body to, um, be on like a circadian rhythm of like the sun, you know, and like, okay, it's nighttime. So like less light that has helped me. So like around dinner time, I'm like, okay, I'll just have like my one lamp on. I'm not like eating in the dark or anything like that. I mean, you could do that if you'd like. Um, (laughs) That would be amazing. Uh, But, uh, so that's helped me a lot. Also sleeping in a cooler environment. I know like everyone's a little bit different, but if you can sleep in a cool dark environment, like if you don't have blackout shades, like, get them. It is a absolute game changer. And then if you like for me, I have a fan like the white noise helps too. That type of stuff um also with sleep being really I mean I know with like we all get pulled away sometimes with traveling and stuff but being consistent about when you go to bed because like Matt to your point like our bodies like routine and so the more you can be On a regimented, like, okay, I go to bed at this time and I wake up at this time, then your body will naturally start to get tired and be ready to go to bed at that time. Versus if it's like, you know, nine one night, 1 a.m. one night, 11 one night, like your body's like, I don't know what to do with this. Like, I'm just kind of in like, yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Because then your body's just kind of in like fight or flight mode a little bit. But so I would say those things have helped a lot. Um, and just having time, I think as far as like work goes, which can definitely be tough at times, but like being able to have a time of the day where like that needs to be done. Like I need to shut that off. And again, I know there are times where it's like, okay, I have to meet this deadline. I got to get this thing. But like for 80% of the time consistently being like, okay, I have a time where like that stops. And like, then I wind down because you have to have that wind down process. I mean, I, I wish I had the power of like, i would just lay down on my pillow and like, I'm asleep. I don't, <laughs> um, like our, our bodies need that, you know, wind down time. So definitely walking daily, especially if you can do, um, walks after your meals, like just really short, like five, 10 minute walks. I, I it's really that. good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great for digestion. It's, It's also just kind of like you don't have to set a timer for it or anything. It's like, oh, I'm eating. Okay, now I will go walk. So it's kind of just like keeping that as a habit is really helpful. Um, I would also say as far as um, food goes, I know for me, and I know it can be tricky, but like especially throughout the week, if you can bring your meals or whether you're working at home, I mean, I work in the office, so like I bring my meals in. I think that can be a slippery slope too is like kind of going in and being like, I'm not going to bring anything and I'll just figure it out as I go. And I think you're just opening yourself up to make it harder to make better decisions. Like if you, and I think that's the big thing is like how do you make the obstacles a lot less and how do you make it easier for yourself to, to make those good decisions? Like if I make my food and I bring it, I'm I'm not gonna go out and buy food. One, because I'm like, well, I'll save money by eating the stuff that I've brought. And I brought it, so I might as well eat it. And so I think for me, that's that's been really helpful. And I think also to that point, like for me, some people like to, as far as like meal prep goes, doing everything on Sunday and then kind of having it ready to go. For me, like I'll prep certain things on Sunday, but then the night before, like that's when I put it all in the Tupperware and then like I pack it for the next day, just because in the morning, like I'm tired and I, you know, it takes enough energy for me to like get up and go to the gym. I don't want to be, you know, worried about making my meals. So I do it the night before. And as much as like, yeah, there's tons of days where I'm like, this is so annoying. I don't want to do it. Like, I think it's just, you choose your heart. Like Mm -hmm. it's either going to be like you do this now or it's going to be more difficult tomorrow when you're like, I don't have anything to eat. All right. Well, I don't know. There's like some fast food place nearby. That'll be my choice today. And again, not saying that you can't like eating out is a whole nother thing, Mm -hmm. which is pretty good. Actually, that's a, it is very good. And I think that's another thing too, is like, is that, I mean, when I was competing, like I never ate out. I was like, I mean, I shouldn't say never, but like, it was just i don't do that and i think it's very unrealistic to to tell people like hey you can never eat out you can never have a drink you can never be social and like go have but it's about making smart choices when you're out and about and you know not like we had talked about not feeling like well you know, I'm not having my, you know, chicken and stuff at home. So let's just, you know, it's a free for all. (laughs) Let's go for it. It's like, you can make, and that's the thing. You can make those small adjustments when you are eating out or ordering Chick-fil-A. It's like, you can make tiny tweaks to what you're ordering and still enjoy it and still be with Mm. your friends and like have that. Cause that's the thing is like drinking food, all that stuff is such a social Thing. And I think that's hard too, especially when someone's trying to implement some sort of change in their life. It can be a little daunting because it's not like it may not be what your friends and peers are trying to do. And you don't want to feel like the weird one and stuff. And like the, I mean, I'm the weird one with the Tupperware and like <laughs> it's like it's okay. <laughs> I'm like, but not always. But I'm saying like you can still go out and still, you know, order from the same places and stuff. And you just make, make, Different decisions, Mm -hmm. and that's and that's totally fine. And that's the thing too. Like, I think we tend to think a little too much of like, oh, they're probably thinking like, oh, why am I order? It's like they they're not even thinking about it. Like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, it's and that's the thing. You go back to not to make every every decision you make about your food this deep thing, but it's like, but it is. It's like, okay, I'm going to order, and I think that's the thing too is to not be restrictive with yourself. It's like, okay, what can I substitute that for? Or what can I have instead of that? It's not about like, well, here's my list of all these things I can't have. Like, that's not a yeah. smart, like, and that's not fun to think about. And I think it's better to have the mentality of like, no, it's not that I can't have anything, any of these things. It's I choose to have these things instead. And I think that's, and, and that's tied to my why, my because I want to be healthier because I want to be optimally performing at my job and I want to feel good doing it and I want my energy levels to be up and all this stuff. And so, so I think, and again, while like I said, these are really simple things, but I know that in application, they are not always easy because we are not robots. And so, not yet. So, it definitely, yeah, <laughs> no, <just> <laughs> but, but yeah, so I think. Um, so I think so far we've got, uh, moving daily. Uh, so that's, you know, just walks, um, whatever like your favorite workout is. Um, and then we've got sleep, you know, having that good wind down time, having good sleep, hygiene and habits. Um, and then as much as you can eating quality is far more important than like, you want to tackle quality before we're like getting into like, oh, how much do I need to be eating of these things and nitpicking about that? Like tackling quality is like far more important um, to tackle first, I would say. And for me, it's just about making um, the like good quality food accessible to me. So I'm more likely to make those choices. Um, so, So yeah, and then I think, obviously managing stress is a big one because I mean, especially in this space, like that's, that affects everything, right? Like that's going to affect your energy levels. It's going to affect your sleep. And, but that's the thing. I think they kind of work in conjunction with each other. I think like the hydration, the eating, the sleeping, the moving, like that will help manage your stress levels because your body is going to be operating at a better cadence and just overall, you're going to feel better. Um, and like Joe, you said, hydration is a good one. And I, I like numbers and I like, you know, levels that I, or numbers I have to reach like a great place to start is half your body weight in ounces a day. And also as, as like simple as it sounds like get get a water bottle like get something that like becomes a part of you (laughs) that you take i I
0: travel with this all the time now yeah i mean i'm kind of perplexed because i'm going to be in india and i'm kind of like i'm not going to fill this up with that water um maybe the (laughs) bottled water but then i have a bottle (laughs) so it's like what's the difference um right but it's it's super key i think to have something that's measurable this is 40 ounces here Um, I don't put beer in here. Um, it's, uh, actually
2: there's
0: (laughs) not always, I'm kidding. Uh, actually, Sarab has a good question here. This is something I think a lot of people would would be asking is managing calories important.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I would say as far as, like I said before, I think your quality of food is more important. And I would say as far as calories go, I would say, a great place to start is what is your daily intake of protein Mm -hmm. protein is definitely going to be the most important because I think in general, a lot of us, um, I mean, it's the hardest one. Usually, I think for the most part, like just with what's accessible in our world and whatnot, it's really easy to get, you know, our fats and our carbs, but it's a lot harder. Like you think about traveling in the airport, you think about what's accessible, like snack wise, it's usually pretty difficult to find like some good sources of protein. Oh, it's almost impossible. And yeah, it's, it's pretty tough. And I protein is by far the most important when it comes to like, what should I be tracking? If you're going to be tracking anything, I would say, I mean, hydration, like make sure you're getting enough water and then what's your protein intake. And what's, I think it's a great a good place, number for people. Yeah, I would say a great place to start is, and depending on where you're at. So I think a great place to start is um, a gram per pound of body weight or just under like 75.75 or like one times uh, your pound of body weight. But I would say it also depends on where you're at. So I think the first thing to do would be to just like write down what you're eating and be like, okay, where like we talked about, like we need to know, we need to have a baseline to know like where we're going to go. So I think it's important to be like, okay, if, so let's say I weigh 150 pounds. So I'm like, I'm trying to get to around, you know, like 135, 145 grams of protein a day. But if my baseline right now is at like 80 grams, like that's a really big jump. So like, maybe I start, my goal is, Hey, I'm going to start at 100 110 grams of protein a day and i'm going to do that i'm going to be consistent with that for four weeks and then i'll up it to 130 and i'll be consistent with that for four weeks i think it's really important to not try to like go into it like jump into the deep end um because we're trying to develop not just uh something for like oh i'm trying to look good in four weeks like this is something we're trying to build like Mm. a sustainable habit So I would say protein is for sure the biggest one and the quality of your protein source. Um, and then I I wouldn't get into, like I used to count my macros when I was competing. I don't anymore. I, um, every now and again, I'll kind of like, again, check my baseline, make sure like I'm getting enough protein in for the day. And then I would say like with my fats and carbs, I, um, I kind of just make sure like that I'm feeling full and that my energy levels are kind of sustaining me. Um, and I'll definitely like if I'm hungrier some days, like I'm going to eat a little more. I think the, the thing about tracking and stuff is that I know for me, like you can get a little too dependent on the numbers and less um, aware of how your body's actually um feeling. And so I think sometimes again, I think protein though is a really good one to track. But I think as far as everything else, it's really good to be able to be kind of self-audit a little bit and be like, you know, am I hungry? Do I want more food? You know, versus like, because I know for me when I was so fixated on numbers, I was like, well, this is just what I eat. So I feel like I lacked the ability to kind of self-regulate like am i eating because i'm hungry or do i need more food or you know what i mean so i think it's um but i do think it's important to have a good mix of both um or as far as like fats and carbs in there but 100 i would say protein is by far the most important
0: it's crazy how i mean i i look at what a lot of people eat and and i think there's actually, a I wouldn't call it an epidemic, but there's a serious amount of un- people being under-proteined in their uh, diets. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just sort of the, uh, I think part of it is maybe the Western diet or whatever, but it doesn't lend itself yeah. really well to protein. Like you would have to intentionally go out and try to get, because I've I, you know, I, I, just, I have a food tracker here with all the foods and I, I nerd out and I look at the protein in a lot of foods and it's like, it's non-existent in most stuff. So if you're sitting there eating yeah. a bag of chips at your desk, for example, I mean, that's, that's crazy, but that has no protein. And I think it was on—I um, can't remember what podcast is. Maybe Mind Pumped, but they—they they brought you know it's a bro science podcast to listen to. But they—they're uh, saying, yeah, I mean, think of how many potatoes are in a bag of chips. Like you wouldn't sit there and eat that many potatoes, but you're you're <laughs> pounding giant thing of chips, and then you're drinking like you know some thirty-two ounce of, of uh, soda, which is all yeah. sugar. So you're getting full off that. And then you're not, you know, your protein intakes probably, I, I'm guessing most people probably get like 50, 60 grams of protein a day if I'm, if I'm to make a, a swag. Yeah.
2: So, well, and then the problem is too, is that when you're having, you know, all the soda and all that stuff, like you're going to keep craving that more. And the thing is, if your protein's super low, you're going to be less satiated throughout the day. So like, you'd be surprised if you increase your protein, like you're not going to be one, you'll be fuller, and you won't be craving as much of that stuff. So that's kind of, I feel like a good um, kind of starting point is that each meal, like, do I have a protein? Do I have a fat? And do I have a carb? You know, what I mean, just to like, be like, okay, I'm checking my basis. So like, if you are going to have, like the chips or whatever, like, are you is there a protein that you're eating with it? You know and it like I think, and that's the thing a Big is Big Mac, like yep. it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which
0: actually has a bit of protein <laughs> in it, it's like 40 grams. So, it, it yeah. does know have this, some. I know this <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you're telling to get proteins, so I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, uh,
2: but I think that's the thing too is that also protein is going to allow you to maintain and build lean body mass and lean body mass, like having muscle on your body. And I mean, resistance training is also doing some sort of resistance training is super, super helpful, not just currently, but or like in your life now, but long term, as far as like your bone density, and, you know, your joints and back and all that stuff feeling good for a long time. And as far as like, if you're talking about body composition, like if your goal is to, you know, drop a few pounds, like, I think a lot of People think, well, I just need to run and I need to do cardio and I need to, mm. you know, just which that's important and we want to do that for your heart health and all that stuff and like get a good sweat in. But as far as like if you're putting on lean body mass, and I don't mean you have to like be huge and like look like a Hulk or anything, but like if you're putting on lean body mass, like your um your metabolism is increasing. So you're burning more calories throughout the day, just moving. Because you have more lean body mass on you. And the only way you can build that is through some sort of resistance training. And then you have to fuel properly. And that's where the protein comes into play. Like your body needs to be able to build off something. So I think those are also really important things. And again, I'm not saying like when it comes to resistance training, like whether it's bands, dumbbells, kettlebells, like you don't have to be thrown around a barbell. It can be really, really, really basic
0: stuff awesome i know we're coming up on time here um thanks so much for the fun chat i, I think yeah I thank you i said too and matt i hope you uh, go get hydrated and uh, go find some uh good foods in uh, yeah. budapest cheers so, <laughs> that, that is
1: a huge water bottle that is impressively massive
0: <laughs> it is awesome uh for people who want to find out more about you how can they do that
2: yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Colleen Foch and also on YouTube, Colleen Foch as well.
0: Yeah, and yeah, it's cool. Yeah, definitely follow her. She's got uh, especially her Instagram stories. You can you can check out her diet and her readiness scores, and uh, it's pretty cool to see. And and your workouts too. It's cool seeing your workouts and, how they've evolved over time from being a this powerhouse in CrossFit, especially to um, you know I think more definitely more lifestyle training. But even your lifestyle yeah. training though is definitely still very. I mean, it's these are good workouts. So, I mean, thanks. I don't, yeah. So, awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks to the audience. Uh, next week we have uh, Lucas Schulte, um, uh, and we're going to be talking about um, SQL compilation and fun stuff like that. Mm. So, a uh, topic that's very relevant or related to this topic. I'm just kidding. Um, analytics, analytics. but thanks for coming on. I feel like this is just a topic that is is definitely it needs to be talked about and needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I really feel like this is one of the things where every tech person I've talked to in the back of their head, this is, this is something they're deeply thinking about, but they don't don't know how to get started, you know, or there's a lot of reasons why they're not going to do it. And so Mm -hmm. we started brushing the uh, topic here. So awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Colleen. Yeah. Thanks. And thanks, Matt. I hope you uh, enjoy your evening. Uh, Hopefully you can get outside and uh, go for a nice stroll. So it should be nice out there. So,
1: That is the plan. Yeah. The weather is is amazing. So it seems
0: like it.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks everybody. We'll talk to you soon.